What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, hope you're doing well today. Glad with you here on another New Vision podcast. We're going through the book of John. You guys get the deal. We read scripture and make a few points. And hopefully you found this and you're continuing through the book of John as it goes verse by verse, whether you're listening daily on the podcast or maybe you found this, maybe it's years later than when this originally aired and you're just being discipled by someone. We're glad you're with us. And so today I've got John chapter 12, uh, verses 37 through 50. Now, I actually have a kind of a difficult uh, section. <laughs> I always tend to pick the ones that have like these verses that you're like, wait, what? What does that mean? That, that kind of in the sense of difficulty. And so anyways, God's scripture is profitable no matter how difficult it may seem at face value. And it always is profitable uh, to us uh, in all things of faith and godliness. And so we believe that no matter how, how what it says and what the implications of it might be. And so I believe that today, even though it's a, a more difficult one. And so where we are in the story Jesus is reaching the end of his ministry. He's done all these miracles. He's done all these signs and, and teaching. He's preached to people. He has this huge following. He's made all sorts of enemies. Uh, he's finally reached the city of Jerusalem, and he knows this is the beginning of the end of his ministry. He's walking very consistently, persistently to the cross, which was his ultimate mission. Now, in Jerusalem, obviously, it's Israel. His chosen people, if you go all the way back to the Old Testament, God had saved a people unto himself. These are ethnic Jews. He had had sent prophets and priests, and he's that's been his family, basically, that he's reached out to save. And so that is his primary area of ministry. Now, if you go back all the way to Genesis, even in the Abrahamic covenant, you see this. He's choosing Israel to bless the world. Like So it's not just Israel. He had always intended it to be to the Gentiles people that were not necessarily ethnic Jews. And so that would be, obviously, we know this on the other side of the New Testament, as you're probably listening to this, you're not an ethnic Jew, but you have been benefited by the ministry of Jesus because we know that he came and um, that the Jews didn't believe. And, you know, people who are not Jews became Christians and, right, that's his mission. Okay, so we know that. We know that on this side of it. But they didn't at the time. And so uh, Jesus had primarily come to talk to Israel, and he knew that they weren't going to believe as they had killed almost every prophet that had been sent to them, murdered them, and and in in their disbelief, don't want to relate to God in the way that God deserves and the way that He wants, and it demands rightly so of the them as a people. And so, that's the ministries to the the Israelites is now coming towards this transition period, where we saw in the last couple of days. We see in verse twenty of chapter twelve, there's some Greeks that come to seek Jesus, and so Jesus sees this as like, all right, now we have even Gentiles coming to see me. And, you know, see what's up and they're going to come to belief and all that. And so now it's this transition. He's going to go to the cross and we'll see that era come to an end. And so we pick that part back up when we talk about the unbelief of the people. And this, so this will be in chapter 12 of verse 37. I'm reading out of the ESV. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them, this, these big crowds. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. 
so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes. He has hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge for him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken it on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And so that's the end of that. And so real quickly, there's some difficult stuff in this verse. Let's just be honest. It's difficult. You have this section that people are not believing, these Israelites, these, these huge crowds, they're not believing. And then it says, um, so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us and to whom is the arm? Therefore, they could not believe. And that's just really, really hard to read because you have like, well, okay, on the one hand, these people aren't believing and so they deserve judgment, right? But a form of judgment often you see in scripture, and this is all over the place, a form of judgment in scripture is actually hardening of their hearts, uh, you know, in a sense to make them worse. It's, it's a form of judgment where God's basically like, all right, go do what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Ultimately, then that's what you're going to do. And so it's difficult. It is, people have argued about it for years, but what we have to see, don't get mad at me, but what we have to see in this text is that not only because I, uh, Jesus is, is quoting Isaiah, right? He's quoting Isaiah 6 and Isaiah 53, where it's saying they could not believe God has blinded their eyes. God has hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes. You know, he's quoting this. Not only does scripture predict this, it necessitates it because it's part of God's plan. It's prophecy. And that is so hard for people to grapple with. What we also see in this text, though, and I have to say, what we also see is verse 37, um, they had seen Jesus do so many miracles. And in verse 37, though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe. So there's this sense of, uh, man, they're in the wrong. There's culpability. They're responsible for their unbelief. Yet God is also sovereign in bringing those events to pass in their unbelief. They are compatible. What we have to see that from scripture, and we see it over and over again. We see it in Romans 9. We see it all through the Old Testament. You see it in Pharaoh's heart when God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It is hard. I know it's difficult. Um, But we have to say that they're compatible. People aren't robots, but God is still sovereign over even the free choices of man, yet people are still responsible. In other words, like 
it's not like they're doing something they don't want to do against their will. They don't believe in Jesus. And so God, not necessarily as a response to that, like he's always reacting to people, he's still sovereign. He's ultimately, he can't be, you know, jerked around by other people. He, what he says goes, and he's already written this thousands of years before they weren't going to believe. And so he's hardened their hearts. So they're not going to believe, right? We could argue about that all day long, but we have to say that's in scripture. That's compatible. God's sovereignty is compatible with human freedom, with human responsibility. People have argued about exactly how that works out for years. We're not going to do that. We just have to say they're compatible. Okay. So, and then in that, there's actually good news in that. Okay. So we see number one, right? It's not like they're robots. Okay. They're still responsible. And then number two, you know, this is good news because what do we think we were praying for when we pray for people? Like if God's not sovereign in this area, then what hope do we have when we pray for other people? Because, you know, a lot of times I don't, you know, if you have difficult family members or, or a coworker or something you're like, God, will you please soften their heart? God, soften their heart, not harden their heart, but so- you're, you're sovereign. You're in control of that. You can soften this person's heart and God is sovereign in that area. So that's the good news that God, we, we worship a God who's so powerful. He's even more powerful than our own hearts. He can soften hearts. And so there's that. It's good news that God works in the hearts and, and lives of people. And then lastly, why we see this, even though it's difficult, it's true, is that God's not a meanie. He's not this capricious jerk who's going around, you know, making people do what they don't want to do. Like people ultimately are culpable and responsible because they always do what they most want to do. And even though God puts them in a position where his sovereignty is making those outcomes come to pass, he's not a big meanie. He's not a sovereign jerk who's going around messing with people, right? God is doing this. We've seen this before that God's sovereign even over the free choices of man and even over evil. And that's what's really amazing because Here we have this unbelief, this hardening of hearts of the Jewish people, and it is in and of itself what will facilitate the growth and the salvation of the Greeks and the Gentiles, right? And that is amazing because God's sovereignty is one that brings about even the hardening and most evil and rejecting people of Jesus to bring about the crucifixion and the resurrection, which is the one of the greatest events in all of history, probably the greatest event in all of history. And but you'd also have to say that's pretty evil to kill an innocent guy, right? And so God even uses those bad things to accomplish his good will. And it's like, all right, now the mission's gonna go to the Greeks. And because of their rejection of that, then all people have the benefit, not just ethnic Jews, neither Jew nor Greek nor Gentile, like black or white or poor or rich, like they know no boundaries because of that, that that's the way that Jesus brought the mission to pass. The Jews will eventually ultimately reject Jesus, send him to the cross hand in hand with the Romans. And then, you know, Jesus will be raised from the dead. And then the per- persecution that comes in the early believers who, who believe in Jesus, who, who he is and, and what he did, that persecution will cause a rapid spread of the the church and more and more people will be saved. And the goodness that comes in this world through not just circumstantial goodness, but people who have been dead and are now raised alive and come to grips with their sin, which is the biggest problem of mankind and the biggest problem inside human hearts will now be grappled with on this massive scale throughout all history because the events that took place and God even uses 
bad and evil, wrong decisions to perpetuate his ultimate good. He's that sovereign, and he can use those things for his glory. He's not evil, but he can use it, and that's how powerful and good and amazing and mysterious our God is, and we worship him. Jesus is, is just giving us a glimpse of that plan here. Um, obviously, this is good news, and I hope that is challenging to you today. Please don't get mad at me. If you want to talk more about it but not yell at each other, send me an email, andrew.cloud at newvisionlife.com. I hope this has been challenging to you today, maybe beneficial, maybe encouraging. But uh, yeah, as a practical thing, whatever you're going through today, know that even in Jesus' own story, this this hard, hard-hearted people who are going to eventually kill him are going to be used for good into the glory of God. And so whatever you face today, whether you think it's small fries or not, God is in the business of wielding all things to the glory of those who love him. And so praise him today for being simply who he is. And y'all have a great day and we'll see you next time on another episode of the New Vision Podcast. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.